Nick fans, y'all good? Y'all have any solace in, you know, having the coach of the year in the meniscus tearing taskmaster, Tom Thibodeau? Is there any solace? I, I just want to know, how does it feel? After tying up a series 1-1, first home win in God knows how long, you ran the streets, you ran around the Mecca, you ran around 33rd, 34th, 7th and 8th Ave, chanting, we want Brooklyn. You got on social media in Spider-Man costumes. You got on social media and acted like you were going to pass out from meeting Spike Lee. You got on social media and proclaimed the Knicks were back. You chanted MVP at Julius Randle. You put Derrick Rose in the same category as Earl de Pearl Monroe. This is what you did. How does it feel? Go to your DSP, type in D'Angelo, click on Voodoo, scroll down to track 12, 7 minutes, 11 seconds. How does it feel? You're going to max out the man you chanted MVP for, who's not even a number one, not even a number two option, at best a number three option on a championship contending team. You're going to max him out. You're still going to fool yourselves into thinking R.J. Barrett has upside. You're going to fool yourselves into thinking quickly deserves and needs more run to flourish, that he can run with the starters. You're already doing it. And you're going to believe that the meniscus tearing taskmaster, now two-time coach of the year, Tom Thibodeau, is somehow going to change his philosophy at this point in his career. The fact that Blue Check Boys, throughout this season, were touting the unheralded offensive system that Tom Thibodeau employs. Do you want to know what that system is? I feel like I've said it here on this pod a couple of times throughout this past season, but do you want to hear it again, Nick's take? Do you want to hear it again? Iso ball. That's the offensive philosophy that the meniscus tearing taskmaster Tom Thibodeau employs. It's iso ball. Why do you think Derrick Rose loves him so much? Because he could come here, get the rock, and just cook. When he was in Detroit, he had to play a system. Didn't like that. He's not used to that. Tibbs in Chicago, do whatever you want. MVP. Now, you cost yourself a potential Hall of Fame career because you aligned yourself with the meniscus tearing taskmaster. But you got the freedom with the basketball. You go to the Knicks, you do a little something, you bounce around, you go to Minnesota, up, you're united with Tibbs again. Same thing. Here's the ball. Do whatever you want. And Derrick Rose rehabs his career. Tibbs gets fired. Derrick Rose bounces around again. He ends up in Detroit, different coaching staff. They want to employ a system. They want Derrick to be a real point guard. Uh-uh. We don't like that. 
Where's Tibbs? Oh, he's in New York? Get me to New York. Get me to New York. First thing, smoking. JFK, LaGuardia, it don't matter. EWR, it don't matter. I just need to get out there. Find me a way. Tito is the PJ available? Get me out there. Comes back here, and he's resurgent again. Gets the rock, does whatever he wants. What is the future for Knicks Tate? What is it? I did a Twitter Spaces uh, last week. Had some of the homies pull up. And, you know, we were talking Knicks, and we were trying to figure out. We were trying to flush it out. And Nick fans were telling me, you know, look, man, we got to max out Julius. And I'm like, why? It was like, well, no one, else, no one else is coming here. And my whole thing is, okay, the Knicks have never gotten big-time free agents to come here. Oh, except that one time when you overpaid to bring Amari Stoudemire here. When you struck out on LeBron, D-Wade, Chris Bosh, and everybody else, Stoudemire came and took the money. And then you rude that day the minute after he signed that contract. Because you realize we just gave the most money to Amari Stoudemire, who's on the back end of his career. Now, you could fool yourself into thinking Julius Randle is going to be even better next year. My thing is, what proof do you have of that? What gives you that faith? Because, again, if you're listening to this pod and you listen to the last one, we just talked about the Nigerian freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, of he's peaked. He's crafted as much as he could. He has squeezed as much juice out of that lemon as he could. This is it. He's a finished product by and large. I'm saying, do Nick fans actually think Julius Randle, is he halfway done in terms of finishing reaching his apex? Is he a quarter done? Three quarters? Five eighths? What are we looking at here? Because I think he's more closer to five eighths than a quarter. I don't think Julius has that much more to improve on. I mean, maybe he can improve on not getting locked by John Collins for three straight. I mean, or, I mean, maybe he could work on that. Maybe he could work on not being so ball dominant with the left. Maybe he could work on that. But it got him to this point. That's the thing. Players can get better. They can work hard. They can shoot a thousand jump shots every day in the gym. They could do all that stuff and it still might not resonate. What if Julius does that and he's still what he is today? Has a real off season, comes back in the sun, comes back in the fall, and he's the same guy. Is that a max guy? By your standards. But you know how I feel about it. I've been telling you how I feel about Julius. Is that a max play? If Julius Randle doesn't get better in any other area from here on out, if this is what he is until the end of his career, is that max? Is that max worthy? And if you're a team that's legitimately trying to win, trying to win a championship, not just make the playoffs. You made the playoffs as a four seed in a down year for the East where the Heat and the Celtics were destroyed by COVID. You were able to sneak your way into the four seed, and then you got exposed on the grand stage by Trey Young's hair. You let Trey Young in his hair. You tried everything. You chanted, fuck you. You chanted overrated. You spit at him. You did everything. You put middle fingers up to him. I saw them two white girls. I saw them. 
You did everything to try to tear down Trey Young. And he still bowed in your building because in his mind, he was on Broadway and he was closing out a show. If Julius Randle is going to be the best player on your team, what are realistic expectations? Is Tibbs going to get coach of the year if they're a 6 seven seed next year? What is the ceiling? That's where you have to look at it. And it's not necessarily the players itself, right? Because that's what I've always had to reiterate time after time after time as people try to twist my thoughts, meanings, opinions, analysis, is I'm Chief Nick Hater number one because of Nick fans. I'm Chief Hater number one because of Nick fans. If Nick fans wouldn't jump out the window at the first inclination when they're good, I wouldn't be who I am. You wouldn't get this venom. You wouldn't. But because at the first inclination of you being relevant, I've never seen a fan base bask in such relevancy or alleged relevancy. Are you the Cleveland Browns? Are you the Jaguars? Is that who you've become? A city that's so rich, allegedly, in basketball knowledge, basketball acumen, some say it's in our DNA. We're now supporting being 10 games over 500. You're going to run the streets, run the streets. In Spider-Man costumes, because you're 10 games over 500, that's what we're doing? Anthony Mason, Springfield Gardens, you rolling over. He's rolling over in his grave. I can't believe this is what it's become. And I often talk about how fans hit me up, people in the industry hit me up, and, you know, we have back and forths, and the Twitter feed's there. I don't duck nothing. I don't duck no smoke. Nick fans in their feelings. Nick fans in their feelings. Just because I'm tweeting out Nick's tape. Do you remember how Nick's tape was created? It's because Iman Shumpert and Amari Stoudemire felt so good about themselves. I mean, you know, Shumpert likes to rap and all that type of stuff, but... He took it upon himself with Stoudemire to drop a song, to drop a mixtape. And he said, oh, shit, let's not call it a mixtape. Let's call it a mixtape. So they were feeling themselves even back then. Staten Mellow, there were rap songs. It was, it, was a whole, it was a whole bunch of stuff going on at the first sight of the Knicks being anything more they're being what they've been the majority of everyone that's listening's lives. And even people who are older, who were around when Knicks had championships, actual championships, relishing being a four seed, relishing being 10 games over 500, wanting to feel good about themselves and their team and how dare anyone talk bad or make light of their 10 games over 500 team. How dare you? This is what I deal with. Text messages that are cryptic. I don't know if they're racist or anti-Semitic. I, I, I don't know what they are. 
This is what happens when the Knicks are somewhat relevant. And it's never their fault. It's your fault. Why are you making light of the fact that we've been trash? Why are you making light of the fact that we're only 10 games over 500? Why do you care? No, I don't care. That's the part you're missing. That's the part Nick's tape is missing. I throw shade at everyone. No one is exempt. But this is what the fan base is. And this is why fandom is a mental illness. Shout out to those of you still copping that merch. I see the fandom is a mental illness. Merch is moving the most. Salute to y'all. It's a real thing. Fandom is a mental illness. If you want to pick up some merch, the link is in the podcast description. Having that type of fandom for a team that's done nothing, either for the majority of the people that's listening your entire lives, or for people who are older, you have to go back to when you were an infant, when they were actually dominant, when they were actually champions, championship contending team. And that's why it's a mental illness. Because you're supporting a franchise that is giving you no reason to support them. But the first inclination that they might have gotten it, not necessarily right, but they have might might have gotten out of the doldrums of being wretched. Here you come with the pom-poms. Why? Why do it to yourself? You really thought you were a 4C. That's what it really is. You really thought you were a 4C. You saw yourself and say, word, Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, then us. Word. That's how it's supposed to be. You believed the standings. You believed the records. You believed the playoff brackets. And then your meniscus tearing taskmaster coach couldn't stop a Trey Young fucking pick and roll. Your defensive minded, credited with helping the 08 Celtics get a championship because of his defensive acumen and philosophy. Be damned that he had six to seven defensive dogs on that roster. Forget that. Fuck that. It was just him and that philosophy. That guy couldn't figure out how to stop a 1-5 pick and roll. He couldn't instruct his team to stop switching. He couldn't instruct his team to trap harder. He couldn't stop his team from going over instead of under. He just let it keep happening. Damn near 30 a game for the other team's best player. Which if you're a defensive-minded coach in a playoff series where you have home court, your first job should be how do we stop the other team's best player? And not a one did you do that. Even in the game they lost, Trey still got buckets. But this man, coach of the year, this team, four seed, deserving of no slander. The little engine that could, they overachieved. No, that East was bad. The East was bad. Look at the games lost for the Heat and the Celtics and tell me again that the Knicks were a deserving four seed. So now what? If you're telling me there's no free agents coming, no big time free agents coming, okay. What about the draft then? Had they figured out the draft? You know how I feel about RJ. That's a miss. You had a number three pick and you missed. You want prosper quickly? Okay. In today's NBA, he's a guy that can really get off. Pause. 
Is he a starter? I don't know about that. Mitch Robb. I mean, y'all clamor about AD being hurt. If AD is injury prone, then what the fuck is Mitch Robb? What is the future for the Knicks? Are they trending upward? Or was this year an anomaly? And that's the harsh truth for Knicks fans. Knicks tape, you're going to have to really... Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why they hung on to this year so tough. Maybe they know deep down inside this was an anomaly. Maybe. Or maybe they just ignorant as mental illness filled fans.